Good afternoon and welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I am your host today, Michael Martin, and I am joined by my Thunder Buddy, Joe Masato. Joe on the road. Joe, how's it going in Miami right now? Well, I, I guess like all things considered, it could be going uh, better in Miami than uh, sitting in my hotel wearing a sweatshirt, but it is beautiful outside. Haven't had a chance to get there. I went to Thunder Heat shoot around this morning. Um, yes, I did say both teams. Both teams did shoot around at what is formerly known as FTX Arena um, this morning. So uh, yeah, life's good. It's uh, road life in the NBA. Well, it's probably a little bit better coming off a win. At least you're traveling and it's on a high note. Whether we win or not tonight, we'll see. But uh, the Thunder beat the Luka-less Mavs 120-109. to and They continue their blazing start to 2023 with a 3-1 record, including three straight home wins. What are your biggest takeaways from that game the other night? Well, my biggest takeaway is the Thunder took care of business against a Luka Doncic Doncic list. That's really tough to say. Mavs team, um, and we, we've seen this a lot lately, right? Like a couple of nights before, they beat the Wizards without Bradley Beal. Um, you saw the the Celtics come into Oklahoma City um, full strength, no SGA, and the the Celtics weren't ready for that. So basically, a lot of times in the NBA, tonight's going to be similar to this when the other team is missing their best player or star player, it's very easy to let up. And I thought the Thunder handled themselves pretty well the other night. Um, I thought Kenrich Williams, who we're going to get to in a little bit, was was just awesome. Um, and an, another really well-rounded performance and another big-time home win to start 2023, now 3-0 at home. Yep, the Thunder survive an early Mavs surge that, you know, they mark got a timeout pretty early. Um, but then they climbed back and kind of held the lead for the rest of the game. The Thunder have outscored their po- their opponents by an average of 14 points in third quarters in their last three wins. Um, Giddy, to me, was not great to start the game. He picked up his fifth foul pretty early in the third, but he came back later in the game and played really, really well, hit two big threes. Uh, what do you think of Josh uh, the other night? Yeah, those, those threes were big time. Um, it all started really with... Um, Kenrich Williams just skied for an offensive rebound. He had no business getting. Um, and then on the next possession, he takes a charge against Christian Wood. And then the Thunder goes on this really exciting rally where Josh hits two of those threes. Shea hits a fadeaway. Lou Dort has a runout dunk. Um, then the Mavs call timeout. Arena's going crazy. And that's really when the game flipped at the end. But yeah, Things weren't easy for Josh in the beginning. Foul trouble, missing shots. I think it was one of seven before he made those um, two big baskets. But, um, you know, this is maybe one of those games, now foul trouble notwithstanding, where Mark Dagnall maybe doesn't go back to Josh Giddy at the end of the game, as we saw kind of often earlier in the year. But now that's sort of unthinkable. Um, and he trusts him. He's going to put him back in there, and he got rewarded for that. Yep, what a difference a few weeks uh, makes. Uh, Lindy Waters, you mentioned passing. I thought he had a great game. Eight points, two blocks, which I don't think anybody was expecting. He'd get two blocks on the entire season, let alone one game. And then J-Dub was living in the lane and continues to be efficient in his rookie season. Yeah, I thought the Thunder's bench was really good. Uh, got contributions from a lot of places. And I thought the Mavericks' lack of depth was really on display. And like... You know, this is a really, really weird team because no team, no team's offensive approach is more centered around one player than Dallas is centered around Doncic. 
And when he's out, um, they're 0-4 without him, which makes a lot of sense. And they don't really have a system without him. Like It's like no one can really take control. Dinwiddie had some moments. Hardaway had some moments. Christian Wood was really, really good. Um, but it just lacks uh, – it's like they're they're missing their leader. They're, they're the slowest-paced team in the NBA. They were slow the other night even without Doncic, and Doncic is the reason they play so slow. So it's like they couldn't snap out of that even when he's not in there. Um, but I thought the Thunder's bench um, really outperformed Dallas's bench. And, um, yeah, put the Thunder on top. Yeah, Luca's not in there, and you could really tell how lost a lot of the guys were. It's like a hamburger without the burger part. The Mavericks are out there without Luca, just completely lost. There's just not much uh, going on other than Christian. Just a bunch of buns. Yes. Bun- buns and sesame seeds and lettuce. and Christian Wood is good, though. I, I know he's a very divisive character in the NBA. Um, everyone talks about how he uh, never shows up on time to places. That's, that's like the one constant thing you hear about Christian Wood. But... I'll tell you what, he knew what time the game started, and he played very well, and he's just so smooth for his size, um, and, you know, is, I think, my front runner for sixth man uh, of the year, might not win it, but, it, I mean, he's in that top three pretty firmly, but, yeah, he was, I, I, I like Christian Wood. He and Robert Williams are going to have to play at the All-Star game one-on-one <laughs> for the title of Time Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robert Williams already has it, but we'll call it like the time war or something like that. Yes, exactly. And then uh, we can't talk about this game without mentioning Shay, as you tweeted out. Just another uh, everyday occurrence, ho-hum. Shay gets 33 points on 11 of 17 shooting and 11 of 13 from the line. He goes 0 of 1 from 3, but just another great Shay game where they really needed a lot of his points, especially in the third quarter. Yeah, um, he's he went off for 17 points in the third quarter. He was just magnificent. But yes, ho hum is the way to describe it. Just a ho hum 33. He's he's making this look fairly elementary out there, and was still very efficient. Didn't didn't push harder than he needed to. Um, Mark Dignall talked about that. Like everything came in rhythm. It didn't seem like he was pressing. And that's kind of a constant theme around Shea. Like he's not a guy that presses for his points. Um, when they're moving the ball around, he's he's more than content sharing it. You saw him. Um, I thought the connection between him and Giddy was good the other night. Um, Shea had one of those assists to Giddy on, on one of the three-pointers we were talking about. And just a little moment, a little snapshot of the season. Shea kind of jumps into Giddy. They're celebrating, going crazy, everything like that. And um, I don't want to read too much into it, but just one of those moments that um, if you're questioning the fit, if you're questioning everything about that 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 partnership, it's way. one of those I moments mean, where you've got to feel a little encouraged about. Just one little thing, but just seeing it. Um, Shay's confidence in Josh to swing it to him just immediately and then Josh knock it down was a very, very uh, big thing to me and a good sign to see. I mean, you have a guy like Shay who's been pretty unselfish, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to pass it to a guy who he knows is just going to break a shot. So overall, good night for the Thunder as they win over the Mavericks. But we'll move on here. The man of the night, other than Shay, was Kenrich Williams, as we alluded to earlier. I just wanted to get into a discussion with you about, you know, how do we even quantify Kenrich's value uh and his value to this team well first off i hope kenrich is doing well today because 
Um, he's a TCU alum. He's a big Horn Frogs fan, and his team got absolutely slaughtered. So um, pr- prayers out to Kenrich Williams. It, it seems like he's not on the injury report um, for today. It could be listed as like general sadness or something like that. So um, it looks like he'll play. But anyway, going back to that, that that game was like a microcosm of what Kenrich Williams means to the Thunder. I mentioned the rebound, taking the charges. We, I mean, he earned that Kenny Hustle nickname at TCU. He's kind of known for, you know, the dirty work and all of the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. But that's really not correct. Like he does do all that, but but look at the stat sheet. Look at his look at his numbers this season, and very quietly you'll see that he is having the best season of his career, and he was very good two seasons ago in his breakout year with the Thunder. Um, this season, Kenner is just shooting a career-best 54% from three. He's shooting 43% from three, um, which is second in his career only to that 2021 season when he shot 44, um, averaging 7.5 points a game, 4.75 rebounds, Um you know, almost a steal per game. Like he has just been incredibly efficient offensively as well as giving them what they need defensively and the versatility that he brings. And he's just like, he's like a favorite within the locker room. I think he's a favorite of Mark Dagnalt's. Mark Dagnalt calls him the soul of the team. Basically. Um, he's the leader. He's the motivator. Um, He's not the best player. That's obviously Shea, and Shea's a leader as well. But like Kenrich Williams is as cliche as it sounds, like the heartbeat of the team. If you don't like Kenrich Williams, you probably don't like puppies or ice cream or your mom or anything <laughs> like that. You need to get something checked. But yeah, over 50% from the field, over 40% from three. Just since the start of 2023, Kenrich is averaging 11 points, seven rebounds per game. And listen to these splits, Joe. 65, 80, 100 shooting splits from uh, Kenrich since the start of the new year. Can I, can I, um, can I pour some negativity on this? Hating, uh, puppies and, uh, ice cream. I, I love puppies and ice cream, but, um, this is my version of it. Really? If you want to complain about Kenrich Williams, here's your only way you can. Strangely, he is an awful free throw shooter. And it's like, it's like something that we never talk about. It's not a big deal because he doesn't get to the line a lot, but as in his career, 232 NBA games. He's a 54% free throw shooter. This season, he's shooting 50% from the foul line, 12 of 24. Um, I just point that out because that's about the only bad thing you can say about Kenrich Williams. For some reason, um, he can't shoot free throws. He, he, he might, um, you know, he's he's making everything from the field. He's making everything from three-point range. But he's not going to get – if he wants to go 50-40-90, he's not going to get that 90%. That's a good stat. I mean, um, just he might go the 50, eye test 40, and just 50. how I think of Kenrich, uh, and I, I think, think the of him is like a mid-70s yeah, free throw shooter. Been but awesome free yeah, throw just insane. Uh, maybe he needs to work out with Shea on the uh, free throw routine of just shoot every single one of them like it's a game winner. Yeah. I guess. But I, I just wanted I, to get into I more guess. of the I mean, off the court stuff with too Kenrich busy because it's obvious on the court. I mean, Shea called him a hooper, and, um, and that you think, can just plug and play like him that. anywhere, and he's going to be good at all aspects of basketball. But there's some parallels with other teams that don't have these type of veterans, and you can see they're struggling. I'm not saying the Thunder are much better because of Kenrich Williams, but I think it's a huge addition, and it definitely um, 
is more of a positive than a negative. But you look at the Rockets, Eric Gordon, he said, they asked him, where have you seen the most improvement from the start of the season to now? He said, there hasn't been any. And then you saw, did you see the Austin Rivers quote about Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green the other day? Yes, let me find the exact words here. But yeah, it was essentially someone needs to teach those guys how to play here. Yeah, right someone's got to someone teach them how to, to play. Someone needs to teach KPJ and Jalen how to play the right way. You know what I mean? They need those vets. I like those guys. They're super talented. They can really score. They just need someone to help them take the next step. Kenrich Williams is the guy for the Thunder right now, and he's really helping those guys. But you know, I think that a lot of these teams who go into these rebuilding modes just stockpile all this young talent and they're just kind of in a free-for-all. But the Thunder have had a nice uh, incubation chamber with guys like Mike Muscala and Kenrich Williams to kind of help lead the way for this next generation of young Thunder basketball. Well, and how Kenrich got to this spot is so incredibly unlikely. I mean, he is that leader that you're talking about. He's a role model, and his path to getting here is why he is a role model. I mean, he's 28 years old, so he's from Waco, Texas. Good high school basketball I mean, great high school basketball player, but um, does not get a Division One scholarship. Plays junior college ball in New Mexico, reopens his recruitment to try to go D1, um, goes back close to home to TCU, and, you know, w- w- was a really good player at TCU, but not a not a great player. Um, latches on with the Pelicans, spends a couple of seasons there. No one, you know, really pays too much attention to him, and then is a total throw-in and nothing more than a throw-in to make the financials work in that Pelicans-Thunder trade um, that sent Stephen Adams to New Orleans. And, you know, going into that season, we didn't know for sure on the outside looking in, and I don't even know if they knew internally, that Kenrich was going to make the team because a couple of, of other throw-ins – um, Zylan Cheatham, Josh Gray did not make the team. They chose to keep Kenrich Williams. He just went nuts that year. Again, shooting 44% from three, 53% from the field, playing 66 games, made 13 starts, a true breakout season at the age of 26. Um, and you know, last year numbers were down a little bit, but continued to be uh, that, that, that voice of the team and kind of setting the tone this year. He's been really good again. Um, so a, a really cool basketball journey for Kenrich Williams. He is maybe the most one of the most grateful guys you'll talk to, just like recognizing that he doesn't have – he's not the most athletic guy, not the strongest guy, fastest, whatever, but just has those intangibles, man, that have, that have kept him in the league. And he's found a home in Oklahoma City, and he – I mean, he told me last year he wants to retire in Oklahoma City, and it's like, wait, what? Like – First off, role players don't talk about where they want to retire. They, they're just trying to stick in the NBA. Secondly, no one has ever said that they want to retire in Oklahoma City, but Kenrich Williams said that, and it, it's just like he, he's yeah, that he's one that to Nick one, Collison. and Kenrich, and, like you talked um, about, and Mark said about I know just that, having like, a good comparison soul. gets thrown around a lot, but he, like, he really is that guy this on this stuff, team. And he's really appreciative of just being in the NBA, just even in the pressers. He's just really excited and like yeah. savors every single moment of it. 
But on top of that, I mean, he just feels like an extension of the coaching staff with a lot of basketball teams, especially yeah. in the NBA or at a college level. You kind of need that guy on the team who can kind of be the bridge between the players and the coaches for a lot of conversations because there are some conversations that are not as easy to go from coach straight to player and you kind of need a middleman or something like that. Kenrich Williams is the bridge for a lot of that, and he's been a coach on the floor in a lot of ways. Mark mentioned earlier uh, this week about how they don't really deploy a lot of full court pressure or three quarter court pressure, but sometimes he'll just be in a timeout and turn around and Kenrich is just like um, in the guy's ears, hyping them up, getting them all riled up to pick guys up full court. And that's why you'll see Trey Mann or Aaron Wiggins just all of a sudden full court pressing uh, Sam Hauser, whoever it is. Yeah, and I mean, Kenrich Williams is a friendly guy, but you don't want to get on his bad side if you're his teammate. Like, he he holds these guys to high standards and um, is pretty intense out there. And if you don't match his level of intensity, then you don't really belong on the floor. So, like, a, a guy like that, you know, Shea is a motivator, right? And, like, everyone can see how how good he is and everyone wants to to – help rise to that level. But as far as just like playing hard and the stuff that you can control, like Kenrich Williams is that guy. So, um, yeah, we've, we've talked about him a lot, but he deserves it because he's a really important piece to this team. They obviously, obviously, um, showed that in the off season by signing him to that extension. Um, and like I said, by all indications, he loves being here. Uh, the yeah, don't need to ruin a good here. thing. Could he lasting on Kenrich? Shea is obviously the leader on this team, but Kenrich to me is like deadline. the older brother sure. who's almost like quality control who the keeps everybody in line. Talk, Shea that, just, just kind of leads the way for a lot of them, which I think really helps in the leadership process. Just to have another guy, especially with how many guys are young, just to, even if Kenrich is only three or four years older than these guys, I think it really does matter. Yeah, and he's 28. He's the... For sure. And then um, some know, really great play recently from Josh Giddey, right? which yeah, we've been on top Mascala's of. Mascala is the only one older. So. Recently ta- yeah, he, talked to Josh he, and talked to some other people He's one of the, the old men in the room, so that, that's his shot. job. I'll just give you the floor to talk about whatever you want with that article and what you uh, learned the most. Yeah, so I I think like the pendulum between like when shooting a basketball, like how much of it is mentality and how much of it is mechanical. We've seen some great shooters with funky shots. We've seen some guys with good-looking strokes that just can't get the ball to go in. Um, And, you know, Josh Giddey obviously doesn't have a a picturesque jump shot, but more so than anything, um, he really needed to change – his kind of mentality around shooting. And he said that Chip England, the Thunder's renowned shooting coach in his first year here, um, was the the biggest factor in that. He, he basically said, quit trying to prove to people that you can shoot. And Josh said that's what he was doing last year. We talked about it. Everyone has talked about it. Oh, man, if Josh Giddy could ever develop a jump shot and shot 26%, really, really struggled with each attempt trying to, prove, hey, this is going to go in, you're going to stop saying this stuff. 
And Chip was like, take the right shots. The percentages will come. And Josh has taken easier shots. His diet of catch and shoot threes has gone up. His, uh, his volume of off the dribble threes has gone down and now you see where he's at right now. I mean, what, 40, 44% um, from three point range, just, uh, excuse me. um, What's he at? 35%, 30. Yeah. Yeah. I was going with that number since the beginning of December. So basically shooting 45% plus for the last month or so. And on the season, 35.5%, which is a nine percentage point increase from where he was um, a season ago, and you know, I I think we said it before, maybe a couple days ago. Like, if he even if he finishes this season at thirty five percent, I wouldn't then expect him to go to thirty eight percent or forty percent next year. It's like prove that you can shoot thirty five percent again, and then if you've got a two season sample of him shooting thirty five percent. With all of his other offensive skills, it's not like he's like just taking that one is a game, just going to help to this team so much. Chet is going to help that as well. About confidence, um, but like I, I never confidence. got. I mean, we talked to Trey. I would have never imagined we'd about, be sitting you know, here even saying shot. that he, he shot better than forty. And you can see it with a lot of guys who and, you and see shoot it, and they're shooting it almost not to make it, but hoping they don't miss more than anything. Just not very confident. You saw it with Poku and during stretches a couple times last year where as soon as the ball hits their hands and you see them look at the basket and you can tell, it's like, no. So for a lot of guys, it is just going up there and shooting it like you're going to make it. And you're seeing a lot more confidence from Josh. And as he continues to make more and more, the confidence just keeps going up and up. I'm with you. If he shoots 35% from three, I mean, if we went back a year earlier to now and said, hey, for uh, his sophomore year, he's going to shoot 35% from three. I think all of us would have said, you're lying to me. You're an idiot. What are you doing? But Josh has been really, really effective and much more selective with his shot. His shots really improve form wise. And, you know, even if it doesn't get, maybe he just caps out for his career at 37% from three. That's an, that's a really, really valuable player when you combine that with the other skills that he had, as you mentioned. Yeah. And like, Maybe I'm just not buying enough of what he's done through 35 games this season, but I would be surprised if he even reaches 37% as a career. But, hey, it's not out of the realm of, of, of possibility. I mean, he, he's shooting it so much better this year. Sorry for sort of an abrupt ending to this edition of the Thunder Buddies podcast. That's on me. We had some storage issues where um, we were recording the pod and I ran out of storage on my SD card. This won't happen again. Apologies on that front. But we will be back on Friday for more Thunder Buddies content. Hope everyone enjoys the game tonight on TNT between the Thunder and the Miami Heat. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Remember to rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify. Tell us, tell your friends all about us. Follow us on social media at ThunderBuddies pod and like i said this will be a resolved issue and fixed and we will hear back from you guys on friday